We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a Weather Ready Nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Well, hello and welcome back to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. This is episode 159. I'm Rando. I'm Corey. And this is the Spring Has Sprung edition. Uh, uh, One thing you did not hear at the beginning of this was uh, Shara. Shara's not with us this week. She's... Uh, what'd you say, Corey? She was in, in jail or something? I don't know. Yeah, uh, she's in... No, she's... No. Uh, <laughs> they're super busy this week at the hospital for whatever reason, so she's working some extra hours this week. Yeah. So... Well, they yeah. need her there. You know, you and I right. can handle the podcast, but uh, as long yeah. as she comes back, because, you know, she'll have a whole bunch of fun facts next time to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we uh, uh, we did not do a podcast last week. That was mostly my fault. Uh, not fault. It's like I last week was just a mess. Man. <laughs> Everything happened. Yeah, so I'm, I've got to I got to expound on that just a little bit. First um, of March comes in. I mean, we have January and February. Uh, people that are not familiar with Branson, uh, we have an off season. Uh, usually January and February, and that's where the shows in town kind of regroup. You know, they do new music. You know, they hit me up and say, we need an arrangement for this, and I just kind of help get the shows going. And uh, then, But we didn't really do much of that this year, and then the shows open in March. Well, we opened on March 2nd, and that was just one show. I also am doing uh, playing piano. Uh, for the Hollister Show Choir. Five of us pro musicians in town are doing that. So we rehearsed all last week and then did a performance on Saturday and, uh, and, and more stuff coming. I mean, it's just I had zero time. And I, I was like, oh, my gosh, Corey, you can do the podcast if you want. But it's like I don't have any time to do it. So anyway, that slowed down. And now we're back at it again and uh a good thing we had tranquil weather last week that was nice it it was nice you know we're we're in spring kind of a transition and you know you have your nice spring days and then you have your transitional spring days which are very windy and 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 uh you know rainy stormy you know you can tell there's a boundary in the area for sure oh yeah we got one sliding in uh, huh. and i think the temperatures dropped too because this morning before I mean, it hasn't rained a drop yet here in Branson. Okay, we're we're recording this Thursday, March 11th at about 2:45. But it hasn't rained at all here yet. And I went out, and this temperature is like 73. It was warm outside. Crazy. Yeah, it's dropped. I'm looking at it right now. Our high today is 73.9, wow. so 74. 
We're clocking in at 57.6 now. Oh, the boundary dropped. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. And I made a post earlier. Uh, anything north of that boundary is in the, in the, around the 50-degree mark. And uh, the thing that's interesting, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's unusual, but I think it's interesting that uh, showers and thunderstorms are ongoing. We're going to talk about flood potential in a minute. But all this stuff is happening on the north side of this boundary. So mm-hmm. this morning we were warm and on the south side, but Springfield... I guess got inundated this morning. Just, I talked to a friend. They said they were in Springfield earlier this morning, and it was just you know ponding in the roadways. Wow. And just just toad stranglers up there. Well, and, that's the first of what could be a few days of of persistent rainfall in the area. Yeah, and uh, of course, the National Weather Service went ahead and plopped a fly, uh, flood watch for yeah. us. Uh, actually, all of of Southwest Missouri. But I think what's interesting is if you've ever noticed, Corey, in the past few few times I've had like, not every time, but like I've had a flood watch or a flash flood watch, we're like right on the edge. <laughs> we're either on mm-hmm. the eastern edge and this time we're on the southern edge. Northern Arkansas is not under a, any type of flood watch or anything yet. Yeah. And that surprises me a little bit, you know, um, neither was well last i checked neither was northeast oklahoma yeah i'm I'm checking now no nothing northeast oklahoma uh southeast kansas yes all right there baxter galena's under a flood watch i'm going to zoom out here uh yeah all of southeast the southeast kansas but none of oklahoma none of arkansas so and it it kind of makes sense you know because they really don't know how far this boundary is going to drop and that's typical you yeah. know, with the stationary front, they're just kind of guessing, well, models are kind of putting it right at the border, which everything north of that would probably be it. It's basically wherever, whoever is in a marginal, it could be where the boundary is today. That marginal is huge. Have you seen it? It goes from oh, yeah. Pennsylvania all the way to the panhandle of Oklahoma. That's insane. It's it's that a little crazy. narrow corridor. It's yeah. re- really mm-hmm. narrow. But you know, we, people should know from listening to the podcast, a marginal risk just means one or two storms might get out of control. It looks like more of a hail event. I mean, the tornado threat, they don't even have any tornado threat out there. We don't have spin. We just have like a boundary. Last night we had a 2% tornado threat for uh, western Missouri. Oh, we did. With, yeah, oh, they, that's they, in the slight risk, right? They went and put a slight risk out, you know. And there was a couple severes, but nothing really got out of hand. Hey, it's raining. I'm, I see the rain falling. Oh, is it finally here now? Right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, I'm going to call, call up radar. Oh, well, looky there. You got some showers. Yeah, it's just light activity. And most of the stuff on radar is just... It's just scattered light right now. Up near uh, Marshfield in Hartville, we got some lightning strikes. But I think that's going to start really filling in. I mean, that's what they're saying. It's just really, really going to fill in later. But uh, let's talk about the SPC. They, they did something they haven't done in a while. And you'll know what I'm talking about. Okay, the Storm Prediction Center, they have their basic day one, day two, and day three. And then that's, that's their focus on, you know, what severe is going to happen on those three days, but then they have a day four through eight, and usually that's quiet. Uh, you don't see much. You might see something pop up on day four, day five, and it's, it's just something to watch. Well, the other day, they had something severe over day seven, and that's rare. Yeah. That's pretty rare that, that their it's confidence right is us. up. Yeah, and each day, 
that's moved, and they haven't moved it much. It, they're still no. saying. Uh, so that would be for Sunday, uh, their day. Mm-hmm. Is it day four? It's now day four, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, day, f- day four. Uh, all, basically, all of southwest Missouri, all of Arkansas, eastern Oklahoma, uh, eastern Texas, and a sliver of southeast uh, Kansas. And this is 15. It... it when you go day four through eight, they don't do marginal slight, enhance, whatever. They they don't do that until you start getting on to uh, day one, two, and three. Um, right. But it's just, but it's just a fifteen percentile or a thirty percentile, and this is just I it, it it just makes me tingly because I'm seeing the persistence every day. It's over the same area that they keep thinking severe is going to happen. So unfortunately, I don't have anything to do on Sunday. What are you doing Sunday? Uh, weather. Okay, <laughs> I have a feeling there's going I'm to be sure. some some live uh, live uh, casting at that point. We'll see. We'll, well see it, what happens. Yeah, and, and that makes sense. I mean, you know, we mentioned the the flood watch through all of the area uh, through Saturday evening. I mean, this is Thursday, so noon Thursday through Saturday evening. It looks like the bulk of the rain uh, is getting three o'clock. Let me go see if they've updated any of these graphics. Yeah, they update them twice a day, the rainfall potential. They still have Branson in 3 to 4 through Sunday, uh, mm-hmm. and Springfield 4 to 6, Pittsburgh, Kansas 4 to 6. So really just north of that boundary, and that is, that's from 421 a.m., so they're going to be updating that oh, yeah. another hour sure. or so. But it's been pretty pretty consistent, and... I'm good. I always talk about my basement flooding. (laughs) No, this is good if it's just going to be this persistent rain and not three inches all at once. I'm going to be good. So I'm not too worried about it. You going to take the drone up? Today? Uh, Yeah. No. It's kind of windy out there. Yeah. It has been. Boy, that wind has been up. Past few days here. I can still fly it in the wind, but I don't like the wind and the rain. Yeah, the rain to be. Well, you know, March is the windy month, and, and it is. we had the wind advisory out yesterday, and my mother, she she said, I mean, her words are, the wind is fierce. So when I know she says that, it's blowing really hard in Springfield. Mm-hmm. And then last night, I was coming home from my show, and the wind was blowing maybe 10 mile an hour, and I said, oh. You know, wind's hardly blowing down here. She said it was still just raging up there in Springfield. I'm like, you're kidding. <laughs> so I don't I don't know. Is of course, it- they were in the wind advisory in Springfield, and we weren't down here. Yeah, but that but the wind advisory ended at 5 p.m., and yeah, this was true. like like 1030 at night. <laughs> so anyway, I hope I hope everybody's, you know, good from the wind uh, or whatever. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of ready for some severe you know, not nothing big at this point. You know, but we're getting in, we're getting in that time of year now that we are. We're here actually. You know, we start seeing the marginal. It's like eh, I want to do that every day. You got to just kind of pay attention, see you know, situational awareness in, in the springtime. Exactly, and don't the uh, uh, aren't, aren't the severe weather seminars? Aren't they starting to come out now? Uh, yeah, they're. They're not like they used to be. They're all basically, you know, online virtual things. There's like two of them, and anybody can go to them. You know, oh, okay. It's, they don't go to the county per county like they, you know, because of COVID. I'm guessing. Ah, uh, okay. Hopefully, they'll start that back up. You know, next year or whenever. 
Yeah, I mean, if everybody, you know, if they start getting the numbers going down, people get vaccinated, just get rid, get rid of this thing. I want to get back to normal because mm-hmm. I like going to those seminars because our, our buddy Mike Griffin, uh, the, I went to the one where he he uh, taught that. In the, that was three years ago, I think. I think mm-hmm. it was three years ago. Um, yeah, and I like to go every year if I can because there's always new technologies coming out. There's new things they've analyzed. Uh you know the Joplin tornado when I was went a few years ago. I was like they did some reanalyzation of it, and that was really cool. So I I I want to go, and I don't know when it is. Probably when I have a show because they do it when it's convenient for everybody, except Ooh. for musicians. No, <laughs> we'll talk about it a little later in the podcast. But okay. we're actually doing our own this weekend. So ah yes, we are. You you want to talk about that now or? <laughs> Uh, sure. Yeah. You know, I, we're going to be meeting with uh, the group in Cherokee County, Kansas, which is basically the county right on the other side of Joplin. And uh, we're meeting with a group, and we're going to give a little workshop. I, I've been working on some, you know, graphics uh, and a PowerPoint, you know, some stuff about uh, their county and past weather events and things like that. So I think it's great. Yeah, that's great. Because uh, now we we had went before to Cassville. Was that the mm-hmm. Rotary Club? That's Rotary Club, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So you know, just explaining to them stuff and talking weather, you know, about weather because they're they were non weather people. Well, now I got to figure out what to talk about because these are kind of in our our, our ballpark. They're they're weather nerds like you know like us. <laughs> yeah, I think I mean, aren't they? Yeah, we're gonna talk a lot. I, I'm I'm kind of got an outline going here on my PowerPoint. That's uh, oh boy, really gonna talk about you know situational awareness and knowing where you are in the county and stuff like that. Because you'd be surprised how many people can't find themselves on a map, even here in Branson or anywhere. I know, I so I know. We kind of give a little uh, you know, trivia guide thing going on guess which county this is type thing I, I made up and you know so there and, you go uh, we're going to talk a little bit about a tornado that went through in 2014 there in baxter springs so it'll be pretty interesting see that's great you've got you all those lined up i i talk extemporaneously if i just have a, like a, a basic outline so i'm we're sure we're gonna that- go i really want to talk about uh well you know this may is the 10-year anniversary of the joplin tornado oh yeah so I got a little uh, video I found that kind of lays out where it, how it developed on radar. It's all radar images. Oh, so good. I, that's going to be very interested. Interesting. I'm going to talk a little bit about you know dual dual pole radar and how we can actually confirm a tornado with radar. And back then, you know, ten years ago, we couldn't do that. Now with correlation coefficient, we can see debris up. In the atmosphere, yeah, the debris know. ball now. That's awesome. So, yeah, you actually are starting to see more and more radar confirmed tornadoes. They used to be, you know, spotter confirmed or law enforcement confirmed. You know, so so technology is definitely advancing. We're gonna we're gonna talk a lot about that. I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah, because I'm just gonna talk about you know how I got started. I mean, I get the same question. You probably get the same questions too. It's like, you know, how'd you get started in weather? I had a question like that last night. Matter of fact, <laughs> <laughs> like, how'd you get started? And fascinated and talk about that. How to develop the site? Now, you you came on board in 2010. I never Ish, can remember yeah, somewhere around there. <laughs> okay, so I have to remember that when I when I'm talking <laughs> or whatever. Are they gonna yeah. feed us? I don't. 
I don't have a clue. Oh, okay. I haven't heard. I think it's just a meeting. I don't think it's like a. Oh, okay. It's not a big deal. I don't think it's like a actual Rotary Club type thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't just know. a group of people talking about the weather. And I love it. I, I love that. And uh, My mom's going. Oh, cool. My now, mom and Cheryl will be there. And it, now, is your family coming? Is Grayson and them coming too? Or Grayson, I think, is going to be working here in Branson. Oh, okay. It's spring break, and he's the big supervisor at the track. He, he's a key holder now at the track. Oh, it's, it's spring break already? <laughs> well, tomorrow's a half day oh, for I don't Branson, know. and then... No school next week, yeah. Oh, uh, see, I, I don't have kids, so I don't know. And unfortunately, what it's looking like, you know, you had the warm weather this week. Well, come Monday, that, that temperature is going to drop down a little bit. And oh, so yeah, I wanted to talk about that, yeah. It'll be pretty cool the rest of the week. So, you know, that's usually how it goes for spring break, but, you know. That's true. At least We've been no school. doing the '70s, you know, and and actually, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna check here in a minute, but uh, yeah, we've been hitting '60s and '70s. It's been absolutely fantastic outside. I mean, I've been playing a little bit of disc golf if I can just, <laughs> you know, get out there. And the wind isn't crazy because if the wind is nuts, it's kind of pointless to to throw your discs because <laughs> they just do yeah. go the crazy. But uh, see, today's the 12th, uh, no, 11th. So the average high for Springfield is 56. We're up to 56 now. So really, these 60s and 70s have been way. They have been. But now <laughs> we're looking at for this week coming up below average. So they're saying below 56 then. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, well, I'll just have to put long pants on when I go out and play disc golf or <laughs> Uh, you know what? I'm going to uh, tell you. I don't. Well, I we're, we're going to get to are going to bring back a couple of segments that we have not had to do in a while. So the first one, I want to bring this one back. It's the pollen report. I got to tell you, I am miserable. I have been. Absolutely miserable. That's all I've seen on Facebook about how people are so miserable when when when, when there's cedar pollen in the in the air, and I, I guess that's what's causing it. Is well, it it's it's kind of changing every day. I got to tell you. Now uh, I go to pollen. I'm going to two places this year. I would just go to pollen.com, but I'm going to going to pollen.com, and I'm going to the Springfield. Uh, pollen count. So this is what I got for today. The pollen.com says the predominant pollens are maple and juniper. I am highly allergic to juniper. Uh, so their, their rates are, I mean, there's other stuff out there, but, uh, Thursday and Friday, uh, today and tomorrow is a medium. Saturday is going to be medium low. Kind of makes sense. Sunday is medium high and Monday is high. It's going to go up there. Now I know red cedar has been around here too but yep. isn't cedar the one that makes your car pretty yellow green i'm not sure I, I, <laughs> I, I know it dumps a lot of pollen okay yeah because i think i'm allergic to that too and i gotta tell you i took i took my claritin like i normally do it ain't doing nothing so then i had to go to my eye drops so i got eye drops and put those in that didn't help so now i'm adding flown i'm just bombarding myself with antihistamines and crap well, now. in addition to the pollen and, and the allergens, we also had a lot of smoke in the atmosphere from What's Oklahoma and 
and Arkansas blowing blowing in our direction. It's been there was smoky a lot of fires, especially in Oklahoma. Some people were burning off their fields, you know, getting ready to plant in the springtime. Yet oh. they were under a red flag warning. Okay, no that's no. right. But but there's been a lot of fires over there in Oklahoma. Well, all that south and southwest wind that makes sense, and I'm sure there's been fires around here too. Oh yeah, there, the, I was in Forsyth over uh, like Sunday, and there were, I had the drone up, and you could see fires, two or three fires just within the a few miles. Holy from, cow! From Forsyth. Did you post that? No, I don't think okay. I posted the Forsyth fly video, but I didn't post the smoke. Oh okay. Because I was wondering, yeah, because I, I got home from, uh, actually, I left for work, and my eyes have been itching. You know, I bet it, I bet you're right. I bet you it's not all pollen. I bet it's pollen and the smoke in the air, because mm-hmm. my eyes hardly ever itch. I've right. never had itchy eye problems, and they're just, I just want to scratch them out now. Yeah. So, well, maybe, I don't know. I need to, I need to get rid of that. Anyway, the Springfield, uh, pollen said, uh, trees, juniper, very high, and there's a little elm. In there, so I guess Elm is trying to come out too. Uh, that's mm. from that. Uh, no grasses because you know we're still in that Not dead yet. vegetation area. <laughs> so that's can, it. so I'm that's the, at the tree in the backyard, and, and it I see uh, some some buds on it now. Oh yeah, and I don't know what type of tree it is, but a budding tree. It looks like a maple, but I don't know. What could be? Well, I know at Sunset Park, I was down there the other day. Uh, the white birch, it's it's starting to mm-hmm. it's starting to kind of get all active again. Of course, with, when you have a week or so of seventy degree temperatures, the trees are going to go, "Hey, <laughs> yeah, know? let's do that." <clears throat> Excuse me. Yes, and maybe I need another squirt of Flonaser or something. And the the other uh, report we're bringing back is. The Storm Door Bird Watching Report. The Bird Watching Report. Because I've been hearing tons of people talk about seeing a lot of robins. Yep. And didn't you say you saw some in Miami? I saw some uh, a few weeks ago in Miami, but I've seen a whole lot this week here in Branson. So they're definitely around. Yeah, just robins. I went to my mom's the other day and uh, cleaned out all of her wren houses. We we did the the wren house cleaning and the bluebird mm-hmm. house. Uh, she's got a few bluebird houses. Uh, but I got to tell you, those bluebirds they know how to make a nest because it looks like if it were bigger, it'd be something I would sleep on. <laughs> <laughs> it looks really cool because you know you got to clean them out or whatever. Right. Uh, I got to order some more more wren uh, houses. She's got. Let me see. One, two, three, four, five. Six. I think she's got six of them, so she needs that. Uh, so, yeah, so we're going to try to get some more reports on uh, what birds are coming in. And if you know of any, let us know. But Still about how, a month away I, from hummingbirds. A month away. Okay. Yeah, I, I, on average, April 15th, depending oh, on if tax there's... tax day. Yeah. And, and even then, it depends on if there's... A big weather system going through in April, like a, if if it's too cold, they won't come. You know, mm. so we'll see. Yeah, I don't think we're gonna do uh, any snow in May this year. I think well, that's kind of gone. You know, I, 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 I you don't know, have a feeling. <laughs> what? What year was that? We got it in May, anyway. Oh, thirteen years. I was trying to think if it was an, a La Nina year, but it, I don't think it was. Ooh, yeah, we got to cross-reference that. 
Yeah. We can remember. Got to write that down. <coughs> okay, well, I need to clear my throat. Hey, you know what Sunday is? Um, I do believe it's uh, the beginning of daylight saving time. You are correct. At 2 a.m. Yeah. So while we're asleep. So we need to set our clocks back. Yeah. Saturday night before we go to bed. Well, that's this week's weather school. We are going to, uh, I always like to play that. If this weather school explains why we do it and uh, the energy savings. Is there any? I don't know. You have to find out. So let's get to the weather school. If there's something about the weather that you want to know, stormed our weather school. We're about ready to set our clocks forward an hour, which will begin daylight savings time. If you were paying close attention to my opening statement, then you would have noticed that I intentionally mispronounced the phrase. Many people call it daylight savings time, but it is correctly pronounced daylight saving time. The main purpose of daylight saving time is to make better use of daylight. We change our clocks during the summer months to move an hour of daylight from the morning to the evening. If you live near the equator, day and night are nearly the same length of about 12 hours. But in the Northern Hemisphere, there is much more daylight in the summer than in the winter. The closer you live to the North Pole, the longer the period of daylight in the summer. Thus, daylight saving time, or summer time, is usually not helpful in the tropics, and countries near the equator generally don't change their clocks. According to some sources, daylight saving time saves energy. Studies done by the U.S. Department of Transportation in 1975 showed that daylight saving time trims the entire country's electricity usage by a small but significant amount, of about 1% each day, because less electricity is used for lighting and appliances. Similarly, in New Zealand, power companies have found that power usage decreases 3.5% when daylight saving time starts. In the first week, peak evening consumption commonly drops about 5%. The rationale behind the 1975 study of daylight saving time-related energy savings was that energy use and the demand for electricity for lighting homes is directly related to the times when people go to bed at night and rise in the morning. In the average home, 25% of electricity was used for lighting and small appliances such as TVs and stereos. A good percentage of energy consumed by lighting and appliances occurred in the evening when families were home. By moving the clock ahead one hour, the amount of electricity consumed each day decreased. In the summer, People who rose before the sun rises used more energy in the morning than if daylight saving time were not in effect. However, although 70% of Americans rose before 7 a.m., this waste of energy from having less sunlight in the morning was more than offset by the savings of energy that results from more sunlight in the evening. 
The idea of daylight saving time was first conceived by Benjamin Franklin during his sojourn as an American delegate in Paris in 1784. The idea was first advocated seriously by London builder William Willett in the pamphlet Waste of Daylight, 1907, that proposed advancing clocks 20 minutes on each of the four Sundays in April and turning them back by the same amount on four Sundays in September. As he was taking an early morning ride through Pett's Wood near Croydon, Willett was struck by the fact that the blinds of nearby houses were closed, even though the sun was fully risen. When questioned as to why he didn't simply get up an hour earlier, Willett replied with typical British humor, What? In his pamphlet, The Waste of Daylight, he wrote, quote, Everyone appreciates the long, light evenings. Everyone laments their shortage as autumn approaches. And everyone has given utterance to regret that the clear, bright light of an early morning during spring and summer months is so seldom seen or used. Daylight saving time has been used in the U.S. and in many European countries since World War I. Other countries who adopted this 1916 action are Belgium, Denmark, France, Italy, Luxembourg, the Netherlands, Norway, Portugal, Sweden, Turkey, and Tasmania. Nova Scotia and Manitoba adopted it as well, with Britain following suit three weeks later on May 21, 1916. In 1917, Australia and Newfoundland began daylight saving. During World War II, President Franklin Roosevelt instituted year-round daylight saving time, called wartime, from February 9, 1942 through September 30, 1945. From 1945 to 1966, there was no federal law regarding daylight saving time, so states and localities were free to choose whether or not to observe daylight saving time and could choose when it began and when it ended. This understandably caused confusion, especially for the broadcasting industry as well as for railways, airlines, and bus companies. But on January 4, 1974, President Nixon signed into law the Emergency Daylight Saving Time Energy Conservation Act of 1973. Then, beginning on January 6, 1974, implementing the Daylight Saving Time Energy Act clocks were set ahead. On October 5, 1974, Congress amended the act and standard time returned on October 27, 1974. Daylight saving time resumed on February 23, 1975 and ended on October 26, 1975. In the U.S., daylight saving time starts on the second Sunday in March and ends on the first Sunday in November with the time changes taking place at 2 o'clock a.m. local time. With a mnemonic wordplay referring to seasons, clocks spring forward and fall back. That is, in springtime, the clocks are moved forward from 2 a.m. to 3 a.m., and in the fall, they are moved back from 2 a.m. to 1 a.m. 
Daylight saving time lasts for a total of 34 weeks, or around 238 days, every year, which is about 65% of the entire year. Arizona does not observe daylight saving time except for the Navajo Nation. Hawaii, along with the overseas territories of American Samoa, Guam, the Northern Mariana Islands, Puerto Rico, and the United States Virgin Islands also do not observe daylight saving time. Sometimes it's a task trying to just adjust to the new time change regime. Some people show up early or late to church or to pre-scheduled events occurring on the day of the time change. So the best thing to do is set your clocks back or forward an hour on the Saturday night before the time changes go in effect. If you have a question about the weather you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com and in the subject line, put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormdar Weather School. And there you go. Knowing everything about daylight saving time, whether you go back or forward. And I just wish we would stick on one of them. We, we talk about this every twice a year. If they just yeah. leave it. What, 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 what's your preference? Leave it on the, the new one? On daylight saving time. Leave it on there. Yeah. So we get... And, and what does it do? It makes the mornings darker? Is that what it does? It, yeah. <laughs> I can't. Well, it extends the daylight into the evening, but it, yeah. So it takes an hour away at the beginning of the day. Yeah, but at least but it's it, not, sun is not setting at 445. But it's not as bad going into daylight saving time as coming out of daylight saving time. Oh, really? It just drains me. You know, when it gets dark at 4.45 in the afternoon, and and it feels like it's midnight when it's only 8 o'clock, and it's just, you know... I it, hate that. It's more draining, and it's cold and dreary, and, you know, at least now we can go out and play longer and go swimming in a, when it warms up and still be daylight till almost 9 o'clock. Oh, yeah. And with me at intermission, my intermission is, is right at 9 o'clock on my night shows, and I come out, and it's like, oh, there's still you know a little daylight. And then right. in, in the dead of winter, I come home on my first show, my afternoon show. I'm home at 4.40, and the sun is setting. It's like, really? Yep. Yep. No, I, they just need to, to keep it. Well, we had a tornado drill for Severe Weather Week last week. We did. I remember that. It went flawless, didn't it? Well, sort of. Sort of. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> most, you know, most of it did, but yeah. It went great on uh, on the web and on our web pages and everything. Yeah. They didn't get triggered or anything like that. Uh, weather radio worked flawlessly, but the... the the wireless emergency alerts on the phones got triggered. Yeah. I've never been a fan of those. It seems like every year we have issues with it. Oh, really? Mine's well, off. I turn mine off. Oh, mine's off too. Yeah. But Shares is on. <laughs> but it says there's a tornado in your area. Okay, what area is that? And usually if there's a tornado warning and I get a, a wireless alert, 
that tornado warning is nowhere near my area. It's either like two or three counties away or, you know. Yeah. So people here are freaking out and taking cover and they don't need to be. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, so I've never been a fan that, that the whole thing needs re re uh, an overhaul. In yeah, my opinion. And I, I think that I think for those of you who are not around here, uh, what what happened is it was a scheduled drill, and every every place the weather, radio, the internet, everything came off as a drill. But the WEA, the wireless thing that went out by text message, went out as a real warning, and so people freaked out. Because it, nowhere did it say drill. And so they were like, oh, right. my gosh. You know, even though the sky was clear, you know, you live in the Ozarks. Yeah. You, that's possible, you know. <laughs> it, yeah. I mean, but actually, it was really, really clear. And so, you can't say drill on on a tornado, on, a, on an outdoor warning siren sounding, you know. Right. So you have those sounding and your phone telling you there's a tornado warning. People were scared. <laughs> they were. Yeah. So, as they of course, should be. we had posted well in advance on we our did. page. Exactly. And, and the media that, that they were going to be having a tornado drill as part of Severe Weather Awareness Week. Yeah. So, yeah. You know. And other, other, you know, weather geeky agencies, web pages were just saying it's a drill. It's a drill. And I, I mean, I was really surprised. I mean, you handled it well. Uh, was I asleep or was what was I doing? I don't know. I was. I doing. thought you were going to Springfield or something. Yeah, last week was just um, uh, crazy for me. But but yeah, it, it's knowing. Yeah, it was a problem, and you did great on posting when the National Weather Service immediately posted their explanation about coding. Apparently, what they said. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they they. They recoded some things the week before, and then this one got screwed up or something. Uh, it's like a coding. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Everything's done in codes and numbers. Every county has a number. Every mm-hmm. situation is, is a code. So it's easy for that to happen. Yeah. But they, yeah, they should know. But everything else worked right. <laughs> yeah, you know, and each day they did something different. One was lightning, one was flood, one was uh, wind and hail. I think severe weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that was good. And this weekend, of course, we're going to be doing you know the the the, the hail thing, uh, not hail thing, the flood thing, uh, which it's starting starting just a little bit. What you got over there? You got something? I got a couple things. One I forgot to tell you about. Oh, okay. uh, you know, hurricane season's going to be ramping up here in a, in a few months. Oh, that's right. Yes. But uh, the Pacific hurricane season always has been starting two weeks before the Atlantic hurricane season on March 15th. That's when they start issuing the uh, advisories and alerts or whatever. March 15th? Uh, or May 15th? May 15th. May 15th. Okay. May 15th. And uh, so... Now we're getting more storms forming in the Atlantic earlier and before that June 1st official start of hurricane season. So they're going to also start doing the uh, advisories, the daily reports uh, on May 15th for the Atlantic. Now they're not officially changing the start date of hurricane season yet but they say they may do that in the next few years gotcha. so it may actually start 
May 15th in the next few years. Ah, because right now it technically runs from June 1st to November 30th. Is that it? End of November? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, But but you're right. These past few years, there's been storms trying to fire up way before the official start of it. Also, this year, and I know you probably already knew all about this, because, well, (laughs) probably not, but this year... The, the the new hurricane names feature three character names from the movie Frozen. Ariel, all the way through. We have Anna and Elsa, the two okay. you know princesses in in Frozen, <laughs> and that's in the Atlantic. <laughs> and in in the Pacific, we have Olaf the Snowman. Oh. Now, I don't think that was done. I don't think that's a coincidence to have all three of those names. I really don't. You, you think there's some young guys now? Uh, I think they <laughs> they, have, they, have, they knew what they were doing. We'll see if we get to the girls. O's out in the Pacific, but I don't. I don't see why. I mean, well, it, I, it usually, we usually get that far. I know a couple of weeks ago when when we had our last podcast, you you went through all the names of the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, do you have the Pacific names handy? No, I okay. don't have them handy. All right, we'll go over those like next time or whatever. But yeah, yeah, I was kind of surprised to see all the Atlantic names are relatively easy to pronounce. They are. It's, it's <laughs> weird, actually. Uh, yeah, maybe they just thought okay because of COVID and because everything. Let's give everybody a break. Let's make it real easy. Tommy, but uh, still, there's a whole <laughs> six six year cycle of hurricane names. So I I don't recall. It being as easy six years ago, maybe we had some major hurricanes that had to be retired that year, and then they replaced them with the frozen name. I don't know. Well, when was but, frozen uh, a big hit? Well, I don't know. It's <laughs> was been, it six years ago? <laughs> it's been several years ago. But of course, now they've had frozen two, and you know. So. Oh yeah. Again, I don't have kids, so like I don't. I don't know anything about mm. frozen. Well, I got. Um, I saw this thing on CNN that said, and it kind of makes sense. And I'm not. I'm not going to read much of it. But if you uh, want to go check it out, uh, it's uh, weather at CNN. It's La Nina could supercharge this year's tornado season like it did back in 2011. So apparently, according to the article, we had a cold snap again in like February in 2011, ten years ago. And then it the the season got started slow, and then it really kicked up. And of course, it was that was the Joplin tornado, right? The 2011, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, <clears throat> I'm not sold on that yet. I mean, because La Nina is only one ingredient, <laughs> you know, in the whole thing. But they are definitely the scientists are definitely noticing s- some similarities. So that would be really interesting if you want to go read on that. I mean, I mean, I'm sure it's all over the place. You don't have to do it from CNN, but it's just that's well, where I found. I'll the tell article. you this: what? the extreme meteorologists and the extreme, you know, storm chasers—they're all excited about it. <laughs> well, of course they are. <laughs> yeah. I bet Reed's out there is like, "Oh, I'm going to get my Dominator. <laughs> going to polish the old Dominator. Get it out there, ready, ready for storm season." Yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, that's something I think you and I are both really going to be following over this next several weeks. It's like, okay, how is this going to unfold? But if we go into this cooler snap, that's going to squash pretty much severe chances for a while. Yeah, for- I don't know how long it'll last. I don't think it's going to be. 
a long lasting cold weather event or anything. No. And I don't even think it's going to get below freezing, is it? Or is I mean, yeah. I don't think so. Might might flirt with it at night. I have to go check the GFS, but uh, I'll check the GFS. Uh, you you got something else, don't you? That's well, interesting. Yeah, you know, the National Weather Service they they put together a survey a few years back between uh, 2018 and 2019. It was a public survey anybody could take it. I think I took it. You probably took it too. I think I did. Yeah. And and well, what that service what that survey told them was people do not understand what advisory means apparently really when it comes to the national weather service issuing advisory like a dense fog advisory or a winter weather advisory makes sense to me they they make sense to me too now there are a few that i think probably could go away but but there are a few that are pretty important in my book so they better come up with uh, an idea if they're going to replace them uh they're they're wanting to get rid of anything labeled advisory i don't like that and what they're going to do is replace it with some sort of a plain text headline which i'm not exactly sure what that is going to be like yeah because i don't know winter weather advisory still holds some weight in my book oh me too because because after the winter weather advisory then the next thing is a winter storm so it's but i don't like know a, what a plain text headline is gonna hold that same weight you know uh, right yeah because there's a lot of headlines out there yeah yeah because they restructured the whole warning system you know it's like it's gonna say this and st- you know uh, I don't know. I'm just not sure I'm going to like Now, this, this isn't going to go into effect until 2024, so we got another three years. Okay. To refine it. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be refinements out of there. Now, have you heard about the uh, the National Weather Service? Uh, that are, they're going to revise their severe thunderstorm warnings this year? I thought I saw something about that. What, what's, what's all that about this? You got the whole thing? It's One's going to be like a... a, a a storm that could be a major destructive storm, like maybe a duratio. It's going to basically say this is, you know, life threatening, blah, blah, blah. That uh, I forget what, but there, I don't have it up right now. Oh, wait. I think one of them said, like, yeah, if it's going to be like hail to one inch and 60 mile an hour, but another tier would be like 80 mile an hour and two inch, you know, something bigger or, or something like that. Yeah. Well, there's two tiers, a lower tier and a higher tier, apparently. Okay. So when that starts up, we'll be uh, posting more about that. Yes. Yeah. We got three years to, to figure that well, one out. Well, that's this year. Oh, it's oh, coming up. Oh, that's the, that one's this year. Okay. Yeah. It's coming up later this year, not for spring. I'm not sure when. I'm trying to Google a date. You sure? <laughs> well, you, you Google that, and I, I want to... They're like... called High Impact Severe Thunderstorm Warnings. Okay. But see, and, uh, I see there's more room for error when they do that, because if they issue a severe thunderstorm warning, like on one thing, and all of a sudden that thing takes a right turn and ups, then they're going to yeah, have yeah, to yeah. reissue... A higher level of severe thunder, or, or I don't know how they're going to do it. The higher end severe storms will be given a damage threat level of considerable or destructive. 
and this destructive category could soon trigger an alert on your mobile phone. Okay, so there's branches to it. All yeah. right. Uh, okay. And I'm trying to find a date mm. of when this is going to happen, you can... but I'm not seeing one. Beginning on or around April 28th, right in the middle of storm season. You think they would start that, you know? Now, before it gets, uh, that's what I think. Before I would have started going. it in the fall, just to kind of get everybody oh. used to it and on board. Uh, yeah, like like last fall or, or a month or two before spring, you know, because we had some s- storms come through in, in January and yeah, and you know, just to kind of give it a test run, you know. But yeah, they're definitely uh, it'll be something different. Most people won't notice a difference, but we for sure will. Uh, yeah, we will. We'll, we'll have, you know what? You're going to have to make some new graphics. <laughs> it's going to be a, a, a one. Severe thunderstorm warnings will now be placed in one of three threat level categories. Three. Okay. The first warning category will be for a storm that meets the minimum severe criteria. Oh, quarter inch hail These and warnings, 60. Yeah. And those warnings will be issued just like they are now, basically. Okay. And then warnings for a storm with a threat of significantly strong, stronger winds or large hail will be placed in one or two higher end categories of considerable or destructive. Okay. Hmm. But you know what else? Oh. Considerable. The base thunderstorm, which is your normal thunderstorm, is going to be a 58-mile-an-hour wind and a, a quarter-sized tail, which is one inch. Yeah. Which is what it is now. The considerable is going to be... 70 mile an hour winds and 1.75 inch hail, which is golf ball. Okay. Okay. That, That'd be two. All right. And then destructive is 80 mile an hour winds oh. and baseball sized hail, 2.75 inches. We're not going to see too many of those. I, I mean, we're going to see some. No, we'll see some, but we've I've, had some large hail in the past. Yeah. I remember when baseball size hail two events. One hit uh, Forsyth with Melissa. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have one of the weather schools. It's one of the music interludes in there. And then the other one that just destroyed buildings down in Hollister. That was like a couple of years ago, wasn't it? The Hollister. Yeah. These, you know what I'm talking about? These big. I mean, hail damage is awful. I mean, any damage is awful. I'm not trying to downplay one or the other. I mean. I mean, but hail, it's like, you know, on your siding, you got to get a whole new siding. You can't just get some no. plaster of Paris and, or, right. you know, duct tape and go and fix it. <laughs> yeah. You just, you just can't do that. Um, I have a little breaking news. Little breaking news. I need to make a breaking news thing. Um, the National Weather Service has issued a new updated uh, rainfall graphic. Oh. And they have, uh, for Springfield and Joplin, they have lowered it. And actually, uh, Miami, Oklahoma, they have lowered to three to four inches. So now, uh, Pittsburgh to Bolivar to Lebanon, which is north of there, uh, then down to Houston and Eminence is four to six. Uh, Branton is still three to four, but we're getting close to that two to three. Um, yeah. I, it's just looking more and, like it's going to be And you know that, that gradient is very sharp. Of the cutoff, both to the north and to the south of the, of oh the yeah, boundary. So it's true. Warsaw is back to three. Yeah. We might not even get an inch. You know, that's what I'm thinking. If, if it keeps going up, I hope that's not the case. We need some rain. 
Oh, even an inch would be fine. But no, I'm I'm with you. We need an inch, or we need we need several inches. We don't need it all at once, uh, and we need it gently. <laughs> Just to so because if we do that, we're going to have a really really powerful spring. Uh, you know, and uh, we don't need right. flooding anymore. We just need that. So I thought that was interesting. So what that's telling me by looking at that, that the the new data is probably suggesting the front is not going to sag as far south as they thought. That's just kind of my initial gut gut instinct, because if it sinks far farther to the south, then Springfield would still be in the four to six in Monette. Well, now that's well, let me down. tell you why this is important. OK, tell me. Well, here we are in March, very early in meteorological spring, and half of Taney County as of today is in the abnormally dry on the drought monitor. Oh, we're getting back to the drought. Oh, There's a big swath of counties in southern Missouri, uh, central and northern Missouri, and the Kansas City area popping up as abnormally dry. And that's not good this early on. So no. we need that rain. We yes. need that rain to bust that at least. I haven't paid any attention to the drought. I'm well, glad you paid attention out to it. T- today. So, oh, Thursday, yeah. Yeah. Which technically it's Tuesday, but it comes out on Thursday. Right. <laughs> which doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> but, yeah. If they do it on Tuesday, know. bring it out on Tuesday. <laughs> I don't get it. But NWS is launching a brand new drought website this year. I think they're doing it now. Oh. And it's going to... It'll take you down to your block, basically, to tell you your drought conditions. Really? So oh, we need good. To look at and, and talk about in the future. Hope it works better than their radar. <laughs> okay, Sometimes. I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, yes, I know. Oh wow. Well, you got any more other news? Uh, I think that was all. I think that's that's all for me. Well, I think it's time to get to the final segment. It's the weather word of the week. It's the Stormdar weather weather word of the week. And since Cher is not here, we're going to toss it to Corey. Uh, I tried to make it fun because I wanted, I wanted Cher to say this, but you'll say it just fine. I, I, I know I've heard this term like maybe on this podcast before but maybe not <laughs> yeah it's it, it, it i have too but it wasn't a weather word because i i checked my whole thing and it wasn't there so what the is flu- it's it's a fluvial flood yeah fluvial f-l-u-v-i-a-l fluvial a fluvial or river flooding occurs when excessive rainfall over an extended period of time causes the river to exceed its capacity it can also be caused uh, by heavy snow melts and ice jams, which we've talked about both of those in the past month, you know, on and the podcast. And you do not want to go kayaking during those times. No, I don't think I don't think kayaking in uh, fluvial flood would be. No, there you go. No, now there's a counterpart to this. I'm going to use next week. So okay. Uh, so I saved the page. So don't say anything. <laughs> So maybe Cheryl will do that if she's here next yeah. week. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and that's what we're talking about. It's what happened in 2013, I think. Was that the, the big old flood that we had? And I can't remember a, these. We've had a few. We've had a few 100-year floods in the past 15 years. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> 2015 was the real big one uh, that took a lot of houses out. And yeah. Alone. Man. That was in December after yeah. Christmas. Oh, yeah. Now that yeah, well, now see December that that's the problem when you get in this non-growing season, 
when you all the vegetation is dead, it doesn't absorb any of that water, and that's that's the reason. I mean, normal. I think in the summer, if we were expected to get like three inches of rain over a period of three days, I'm I don't know if they would issue a flood watch. Yeah, I heard them talking about that about the the no vegetation thing. So I think that was a factor. It in, makes total in, sense to me because it's it's. As nowhere to absorb. I mean, we had the, I mean, we are, you know, kind of abnormally dry. I, I get that. But if it's persistent, it's just going to flow right in those streams and right in those creeks. And if you live down by these creeks and streams, you need to be aware because I'm mm-hmm. already seeing flood warnings pop up. I mean, Springfield and Northeast, but yeah. Yeah. And, and we'll, we'll see. I'm going to take uh, one last look at radar here. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying anything major. Uh, you may be right, Corey. We may get two to three, if if that. Again, this is a long system. Now, what they're also saying, which I think is interesting, when we did the Cassville, you brought this up to me the other day. When we did our Cassville uh, Storm Dark Weather Seminar or whatever, pouring rain, torrential mm-hmm. just drive. We, we just drove in rain and rain and rain. And then now we're under the flood watch, and we're going to go on Saturday and it's supposed to rain and rain and rain and rain again. <laughs> like, yeah. But I think there's going to be a break. I mean, the TV guys were talking about it, and models are kind of talking about it. The the big parent system, and it's it's actually a pretty powerful system, pretty low-pressure system, is way out there getting ready to come up. So the boundary is sitting, draping across southern Missouri, and rain is riding along that. But then the that system is going to come in. It's going to kind of get, get to swirling a little bit. Give us a little break Saturday, and that's that system. Then is going to sweep through on Sunday, and that's where that's the storm prediction center has this severe. That's the big story is Sunday. Yeah, and you know, even none of those storms could produce some heavy rain in in, in a short amount of time on Sunday. So we'll yeah. have to keep an eye on that because our flood watch ends on Saturday. Maybe they'll. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, and we'll the see. Sunday storm is going to be associated with that low, so there could be a tornado potential too. Exactly. And depending on how much the ground, how much water does fall between now and Saturday, we'll see if they have to extend that flood watch or flash flood watch or something else. Yeah. For Sunday. No, I totally agree with that. That just makes that just makes total sense. Uh, And, you know, I mean, follow us on our page. We're going to be covering this thing, both of us. And fortunately, I don't have a show Saturday night. So after we get done with our seminar, which is, I think, at 4, uh, then with two hours. So we'll be home by 7, probably 6 or Well, probably 7, do you think? Yeah. Uh, and then home all day on Sunday. So Corey and I are going to be watching this thing close and getting all tingly. Hmm. Got to think some new, some new graphics. So hopefully the pollen will go down. My eyes will stop itching for a while. It's, I'm just a mess. <laughs> And maybe Shara will be joining us next week, hopefully. Probably. Okay, we got anything else to add? No, I'm good. Okay, well, I think for this week, let's wrap this thing up. So be sure to look for us on Facebook at Stormdar Weather. Like our page and be sure to like or comment on our posts to have them show up in your news feed. You can always contact us through our Facebook page or send us an email to stormdarweather at gmail.com. Also, check out our website and our merch store at stormdarweather.com. Well, that does it for this time, so join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast.
Podcast.